Well, again, a warm welcome to all of you and a special welcome to our guests today. We're so glad you're here uh, as we uh, continue in our sermon series, Blessed, and had a beautiful morning today with the welcoming of new members, our uh, youth praise band, our children's chimes choir, a bunch of wonderful celebrations today. It's been a a really, a really beautiful morning together, so we're so glad you're here. Uh, Yesterday was Veterans Day, and... uh, uh, today we want to honor the veterans in the room. If, you, if, if you're a veteran, we just invite you to stand where you are, uh, and we would love to give a word of appreciation. So let's uh, just say a word of gratitude. Thank you for your service, and we're so grateful for each of you. Thank you. Uh, will you pray with me as we open ourselves uh, to the Scripture and what God is speaking to us today? Holy God, as we prepare to hear your word, and later to come to your table, we pray that you would help us to take a deep breath, to feel the Spirit's presence, to open ourselves more fully to what you would say to us today. As we come to the table in just a few moments to receive bread and wine, may our hearts be open to that unconditional love, that grace that we receive, that means of grace that we experience in the beautiful gift of the sacrament of Holy Communion, Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful morning of children singing and celebrating and and worship and prayer and scripture and fellowship. Our hearts are full and abundantly blessed. And we pray, God, now that you would open us fully to what you would say to us today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, yesterday I was at the Deerfield campus for cleanup day and as I'm in the front yard of our Deerfield campus raking leaves, someone shouted at me, and I, I normally don't know how to respond to that, and I didn't quite know who it was till they had passed on, and that was uh, Caitlin Edwards. She was running. I'm sure you know Caitlin. She's the spouse to our uh, campus pastor at Deerfield, Clayton, but Caitlin's also on many teams here and co-chair of Harvest and has her own identity. Amen, right? Hello? Amen, right? She does. Uh, Caitlin's a runner. I knew that, but I didn't really, until last night at the auction uh, watch party, I got to visit with her more because she said, you know, I'm the one who shouted at you. I said, I finally figured that out. I I thought I was just in Deerfield, and that's how people behave there. Amen, right? Um, But anyway, um, she said, you know, I'm a runner, and and I'd forgotten, but Clayton had told me she's preparing for a marathon uh, that she's going to run at Disney in January. So, uh, she's done marathons before, and she's been running half marathons. She ran in Galena recently, and she said, I ran twice yesterday, and I happened to pass you, and that's why I greeted you, and she said, I ran 10 miles yesterday, and the thought of that just actually makes my skin crawl, amen, right, you know, uh, but she's really good. She has an award uh, from being a runner in high school in Ohio, so she's quite the runner, right, and I said, so you're, you're training for this, and I, you know, I'm not naive, you can't just run 26 miles, but she said, oh yeah, you have to pace yourself, and you have to do so many miles every day, and then you have to do these long stints, and you have to do all this preparation, and you've got to get yourself in order, and it takes months and months of training, and, and I just, even hearing her, I was totally exhausted, amen, right, you know, but it, it was a good word for me, and as I listened to her, I thought about this whole concept that we're talking about today of being blessed by being prepared, that her story really does speak into our lives, that you and I may not be running a marathon, amen, right? Uh, But but there are all kinds of opportunities for us to be more prepared for what Jesus is calling us to do, right? And and we know all of that, right? We know that in our day-to-day life. Like, we're told that when we go to the grocery store, 
the best thing for us to do is to prepare a list, right? Because if we prepare a list, we're not going to overpurchase. We're not going to buy things we don't need. And, and, and that list is great. So if I do a list on a pad or I do a list on my phone and I follow it, I always leave in better health and with a better pocketbook, right? But, you know, what gets me is I'm on my way home from church and say, I'm just going to stop by Jewel for just a minute and I'm going to pick up a few things and then I come out with a cartload of stuff, right? And things I don't need, right? Candy and so forth because all those end caps are the work of the devil, amen, right? They're always inviting us to purchase things we don't need, right? It's kind of why I like Trader Joe's. There are far fewer selections, right, or Aldi because you could just get one thing, right? Um, but I know if I have a list, I'm prepared, right? It's also true just this past several months I've been working on all those appointments you have, right? Your annual physical, your eye appointment, your podiatrist, your endocrinologist. If you're under 50, get ready. Amen, right? And um, so all of those things. But you can't just go into those appointments, right? You have to fast. You have to prepare. Now you have to fill out forms online. And the, all of that makes the appointment go much more smoothly. And I know there have been moments where I thought, oh, I'll just do it when I get there. And I deeply regret it, right? Because I, I'm not prepared. The true is if we're cooking something or making something, we can't just throw something together. We have to make sure we have the ingredients. Or if we're going to do a special project or if we're going to uh, be about a trip. I, I was telling first service uh, several years ago, a friend and I decided to do a trip into Minnesota and northern Wisconsin, right? And uh, we ultimately wanted to end up at the Apostle Islands, which are 12-plus islands that are off the north coast of Wisconsin in Lake Superior, right? And so we, uh, we wanted to see them, and we had all of our hotels booked for but one night. And kind of last minute, we decided it would be a great idea to go camping, right? Tent camping. I know. Several of you look shocked. I did too, right? And, uh, and I have a tent, believe it or not, and so I, I have a pretty large tent, and so last minute, we kind of threw some things together and said, on that night, we'll camp on the shores of Lake Superior. Doesn't that sound fabulous, right? It'll be beautiful. Well, one thing we immediately learned is summer in uh, Illinois is different than summer on Lake Superior. It's much colder, which I like, so you know if I got cold, things were bad, right? And, and we threw things together quickly, so as we began to unpack that night to set up the tent, there were some stakes missing, which is always a problem, right? And then I had, the, I had my sleeping bag. My friend had a sleeping bag, but we'd forgotten pillows, right? And then we didn't have a towel. We had two hand towels, but not two bath towels, you know? And you can just see we're in trouble. We've got to light the fire. We have no lighter. We have to go to another campsite and ask for a lighter and then had to gather wood. It's really a bad story, Right? Uh, and, and so as nightfall came and we built the fire, I said, well, it can't be that bad. And then the temperatures dropped. And I just remember waking up at 2 in the morning in this tent without a pillow, sleeping on the ground, going, I was not prepared for this. Amen? Right? And I'm sure you have stories, some that are comical like that of not being prepared and sometimes not being prepared for harder stuff, Right? It's interesting, sometimes when we address really hard things or have hard conversations or deal with conflict with people we love or maybe don't, it's harder if we're not prepared. If we kind of drop into it, we're caught off guard. And I, I think that's important, that part of one way to be blessed is to be prepared. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to 
join with me in Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, we're going to be looking at this story of preparation or being prepared. And uh, it's the parable or story of the bridesmaids. And um, it often happens in a few weeks before uh, Advent that this uh, scripture surfaces. And um, it's, it's a powerful story. It's a parable. So remember, Jesus told parables to teach lessons. So we don't need, need to immediately equate people to, to Jesus or anything like that. The story is really the story that teaches us about faith. So let me say a word about Matthew. Remember, Matthew is the first gospel written to a group of Jewish Christians to help them connect their past and their tradition to this embracing of following Christ. And as I said last week when we were looking at Matthew chapter 5 and the Beatitudes, that Matthew's kind of broken into five sections of teaching, much like the five books of the Torah. There's an intentional structure here. And in fact, this teaching uh, is helpful as Matthew continues to instruct. Uh, this is a series of stories, one of which we heard several weeks ago during our stewardship campaign. Remember the parable of the talents? right? That, that follows this story. And I alluded to this story being a part of all of these stories of preparation, readiness, using our full potential for the work of the kingdom of God, right? So, um, and it's also a part of the string of stories about end times and the, the full realization of Jesus returning and what Matthew would call the full connection to the kingdom of heaven. Remember, Matthew doesn't use the word kingdom of God. He uses the word kingdom of heaven. So in a few verses before, uh, in a chapter before, there's this kind of readiness of, of Jesus' coming. And remember, the early church thought Jesus was coming back pretty quickly, right? Jesus had died, been resurrected, the church had had its birth, and most Christians thought Jesus is going to come soon, we're not going to be here for long, and that didn't happen. And there was some disruption and uh, concern and fear and uncertainty that this had not happened. So the early church was struggling about when is this going to happen. And in, and, in, and in the book of Matthew, Matthew actually quotes Jesus saying, uh, I, I don't know when uh, I'm coming back, right? Nobody knows except the Father, right? So whenever you hear people on TV say, this is the end time, just remember, Jesus doesn't even know. Amen? So let's not make those claims. Let's live in the moment, but live prepared. So with all of that before us, I, I want you to hear that also in Matthew, there is several comparisons of wise and foolish, right? And, and we're going to look at that today. So here's the story. Then the kingdom of heaven, remember that's the term Matthew uses, will be like this. So it's a parable to teach us about the kingdom of heaven. Ten bridesmaids, the Greek word can also translate virgins, which happens in the King James Version and the New International Version. It can be translated girls, young women. There are several ways it can translate. Maidens is another way. But we'll go with bridesmaids in the New Revised Standard Version. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps. Now, these were not lamps you buy at Target, right? Amen. These were oil lamps, kind of vessels that had a wick on it. And the oil, much like these candles, uh, provides the, the fuel for the wick. And, and you have to continue to make sure that vessel's full of oil so those lamps would be used. They were used for reading, lighting of homes, and in celebrations and festivals. So ten bridesmaids took their ten lamps and went to the bridegroom. So obviously this is something around a wedding, right? We don't know all the practices of uh, weddings in this ancient period of Matthew's time, but it looks like that uh, the bridegroom, the groom, would come with his party, and there'd be this great kind of announcement, 
And the bridesmaids would have their lamps lit and provide the lighting along the way to the banquet hall where the bride would be uh, met and the wedding would happen. Amen? It's probably more complicated. If you're a wedding planner, we can talk afterwards and you can give more instruction, right? But nonetheless, um, there's this wedding about to happen, and these ten bridesmaids have a responsibility to light the way, much like an illuminario along the way, and that's what's going on. So, five of them were foolish, so we're getting a sense, and five of them were wise. And when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. So, uh, Jesus is already preparing us that something's going to happen here, and there are five bridesmaids who have their lamps, they've got their dresses from Macy's, they're all set to go, right? But they did not buy extra flasks of oil. And then there are five wise ones who did all of that as well, but they, they went and got extra flasks of oil just in case. And so here we go. As the bridegroom was delayed, of course, all of them became drowsy and slept. And I love that because there's some illusion around parables earlier on about being alert and awake, right? But here, the wise and the foolish grow weary, amen, just like the early church grows weary at this delay of Jesus' return, or in the case of the story, in the delay of the bridegroom. So nobody's criticized uh, for taking a nap, which I'm grateful for, amen, right? But they all get drowsy and they fall asleep. But at midnight, that's quite a delay. I've done some weddings where wedding parties were late, but I can't imagine about waiting till midnight, right? But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out, meet him, light your lamps, prepare the way. So the foolish wake up, and they all wake up and trim their lamps, because I know you know this about oil lamps, you have to trim the wick and make it per, because if it's too long, it'll burn too much oil, and we, we've been through that. If occasionally on Sunday, this wick is too long, and it looks like it might just shoot off like a rocket, right? So we've seen that happen before. So they trim their wicks, they light their candles, but, or light their lamps, but suddenly the foolish realize because of the delay, they're going to run out of oil. So they say to the wise, hey, could you give us some oil for our lamps because they're going out? Now, me, I'm kind of like, well, that makes some sense, and, you know, we're all supposed to share, right? And it feels like a, a fair request, uh, but hear what the wise ones say, uh, no. No, there will not be enough for you and for us, which means we won't be able to light the way for the bridegroom. So you'd better go to Walmart and find some oil and buy some. Luckily, there's a 24-hour Walmart in Wheeling, and you can get yourself prepared, but we're not sharing our oil with you. It's a little hard, right? But frankly, they are wise, because had they shared it, the lamps wouldn't have stayed lit through the entry. And so while those five foolish ones went to buy their oil, the bridegroom came and celebrated. And those who were ready, the five wise ones, lit the way into the banquet hall. And it was a beautiful moment. There weren't as many lights as the bridegroom had expected, but nonetheless, they went into the banquet, great celebration, and the door was shut. Later, the other five bridesmen came and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. Now what's important when we hear Lord, Lord, we think Lord in the sense of Jesus, right, or, or God, right? But this is little L, right? This is, it also can be translated, sir, sir, please open to us. And the story gets even harder. 
Lord, Lord, sir, sir, open to us. But the bridegroom replies, truly I tell you, I don't know you. That's hard. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. There's a sense of deep preparation and readiness. This is a story about wisdom versus foolishness. This is a story about being prepared for what is to come. This is also a story about when things don't happen as we expect and they're delayed, how are we prepared and strengthened for this delay, for this change of plans, for this challenge, right? And we have all experienced that, right? Like we're geared up for something and it gets delayed, right? We're prepared for something, and it doesn't happen the way we were thinking. And, and I love people that are ready, have the readiness to readapt. Adaptive people kind of adapt. They're wise, and they go, well, it's changed. I can make it work. I'm not that person, right? I, I thought this was supposed to happen this way at this time, and I'm prepared for that. Don't ask me to change. Amen? But the parable reminds us certainly of the second coming and the realization of the kingdom of heaven and a deep sense of readiness. Are we ready or are we not, right? Are we prepared? But it's also about the early church's deep desire. Are you spiritually ready for what's still to come, even things you cannot yet expect? Some scholars believe that the oil which is mentioned earlier in the gospel. Remember, let your light shine, let, let your good works be seen by others. So some think the oil and the lamps represent the gift of good works, that we should, show, we should do good works as many as we can because that's a way of being prepared and that's a way to shine forth and that's the way we keep replenishing the oil in our lamps. Maybe that's true, amen? Some think it might be referring to our spiritual lives, Right? Are we spiritually ready for the challenges that may come? Are we spiritually ready for the unknown or the change or the delay? Are we strengthening ourselves, right? Like you can't run a marathon if you haven't prepared. I mean, if this body started running 29 miles today, hello, right? If I started running 29 miles, you'd be picking me up in Arlington Heights, amen? And I mean just across the border, right? Okay, you see what I'm saying? If you're not prepared, when the, when the storm comes, you're not ready. And, and that's, I think, the whole idea of, of receiving blessing is that we have to be intentional. I'm always amazed when people experience a spiritual crisis or the loss of someone or a relationship. It's not that it's easy for the wise, amen, but there's a sense of preparedness and readiness that's not present for other folks, Right? It's like camping on the shores of Lake Superior without a blanket. You can do it, but it's not going to be pleasant, right? So what is God calling us to in this season of gratitude and thanksgiving and blessedness? What do we need to do to be prepared? And, I, and so it's, it's not so much a, a guilt motivation, but it's a deep desire to be prepared, to really be strengthened for what lies ahead, because these times are tough, amen? The, right now, the world is really messed up, amen? Our culture is messed up, amen? And if we're not spiritually strengthened and ready with our lamps full and flasks of oil, it's going to be hard to endure what lies ahead. So I'm going to challenge us a little bit in this season of gratitude, that we are about a season of gratitude and prayer and worship. That's the way we strengthen one another. There are grand opportunities for acts of service. So today, 
as soon as this is over, I mean, you can head down to the activity center and purchase, or not purchase, but pick up a kid's name and provide gifts. What a wonderful way to have at least one spiritual practice of generosity. Amen? The Thanksgiving offering. We're going to hear from a speaker in a moment. Uh, one of the ways that we can strengthen ourselves is to be generous to others. Amen? We're also going to have Advent studies on Wednesday nights and online at your own pace. And, and, and maybe this is the year that you commit to be a part of that study so that in, in that Bible study you can feast on God's Word and be strengthened. And finally, we're even offering free devotional guides so that daily you can be about prayer and Scripture to center yourself. Because here's the deal. If you're not preparing yourself, if we're not preparing ourselves spiritually, will we be ready when the bridegroom comes? Amen? There's so many other opportunities. But in this season... I challenge you that part of being blessed is being prepared. It doesn't mean you have it all together. It doesn't mean you have everything perfect. But the reality is you are uh, preparing yourself and preparing your lamps to shine brightly. And the people of God said, Amen.